Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scott. I'm Shate, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze Podcast, where we believe that healing and wholeness are not just destinations. That's right, y'all. We believe they're a journey, and here on the Love Haze, we talk about how to navigate through it. That's right. Have you ever tried to play with your shadow when you were a kid? A little bit. Um, do you notice that as adults, we don't even acknowledge our shadows anymore? But they're still there. Yeah. And today we want to talk a little bit about how to come out of the shadows. Mm. Let's uh get right into this thing. It's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Welcome to our Black Love Journey. We getting into it. There we go. So, shadow work. It's a thing. It's a thing. Mm, where do we where do we get this topic from? Well. My therapist, <laughs> I would definitely become one of those people that starts conversation or starts start sentences with my therapist. Said. It came up in therapy for me um, mm-hmm. some months ago. And it was like, yeah, kind of in passing, like, I think it would be useful to start doing some for you to do shadow work or, or not to start. It was like the shadow work that we're doing. It's kind of the, she's mm-hmm. kind of threw it in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Um, so it's something that I've just kind of seen or been aware of the past couple of months. This idea of like, you know, we know that one of my hangups, central traumas, I know that's not mm-hmm. necessarily a thing. It's like this idea of people pleasing and perfectionism, mm-hmm. like how I'm always trying to like portray like the the most perfect versions of myself when really that's just not humanity. Um, and so I think it's just like, understanding where that came from and you know why we do that and how to how to disrupt it we just saw the woman king which is Mm -hmm. so good it is and i felt like there was there was just this idea of that like how your past coming back almost to haunt you quote unquote Mm -hmm. um the parts of yourselves that you don't want to acknowledge that you just want to bury but when you actually accept them the power, the strength, how it changes the course of your story or experience. So I just thought it'd be something interesting that we could just unpack together um, with folks that, you know, are already doing this work or are are just hearing about it for the first time. Would love to know from you, Mr. Uh, Mental Health Professional. I don't know when you say that. I mean, break it down for us. What what does it mean to do shadow work? What is a shadow? So... Our shadow is uh, our inner shadow. Our Mm -hmm. shadow is like those parts of ourselves that we have kind of convinced ourselves that are not acceptable Mm. to the world. Mm -hmm. uh, And we try to shrink them back or we try to hide them uh, because we feel like uh, it's not a part of like our ideal self. Yeah. And I think for me, I had to go back even when I started therapy and do some some work around like understanding the difference between reparenting my inner child. And doing shadow work. Yeah. So reparenting our inner children is more about like revisiting those things that we didn't get that, you know, the smaller versions of us really needed. And it became like things that we don't really talk about when we're older. And reparenting our inner child is going back and giving the little you like the that love or that acceptance that you needed um, versus our shadows being those parts of us that are actually us mm-hmm. that um, we we have convinced ourselves that is not acceptable to the world. Like if 
we have convinced ourselves that we talk too much. Mm-hmm. Right. And we try, we try our best, like not to say more words, you know, and somebody comes along and says something about um, making sure that you don't write too much or that you don't say too much. It can be triggering for your shadow self because that's already a part of you that you've been trying to hide mm. because you I, like, I know that I talk too much. Right. So I try my best to use like less words. And then somebody comes and reminds me of that shadow that I've already been trying to hide. Mm-hmm. So that's really the, the difference. But that the shadow work is actually us learning to accept those parts of us that are really who we are. Yeah. You know, those parts of us that are that, you know, and, and it makes me think of like, at what point did I convince myself that I wasn't good enough? Like, at what point did I tell myself that I needed to shrink? In order to be acceptable. Yeah, it makes me think, actually, at what point were we taught that that part of ourselves wasn't acceptable mm-hmm. or that part what didn't deserve light? For me, I, it, the only thing I can really think of is is like maybe mistakes that we made when we were younger. Maybe we would want to repress those experiences. But even then, if we're talking about shadow if there really is just a a yin to our yang, you know, a a darker side Mm -hmm. of us, were those really mistakes? Were those like conscious choices? And um, is that okay? You know what I mean? Like, I guess we're assigning meaning, like this part of us is good and this part of us is bad. Who decides that for us? And so that's what I was going to point out, actually. And I think that language matters, especially for us when we're younger and we're developing in that type of type of thing um because the language that you use was like mistakes that we've made Mm -hmm. but was it really a mistake or was it just how you showed up in the world and what the reaction that you got from the world or from the social interaction was that it wasn't favorable yeah so that's how we learn behavior right we go out we interact with the world and we basically gauge we reconcile the books on what feels acceptable what we got positive feedback from and what we got negative feedback from and in our minds we'll process it as well, that was a mistake mm-hmm. because people didn't like it. And so I don't want to do that again. Mm. And so we process it as a mistake. And then we shrink those parts of ourselves back because this is not socially acceptable. Mm. That shadow, shadow work then tells us that it wasn't a mistake. Somehow you've learned to shrink back and you have to honor that part of yourself that you feel like talks too much or does too much in social mm-hmm. interactions or does things that um, you may feel like are socially unacceptable because we, the, the long part of this conversation I think we'll get more into is like, do I really want to be acceptable to the world or do I want to like be acceptable to me and be my optimal self, even if I have to go by myself? That I think is the root of it all. Like, how do we get to a place where we are accept are accepting all the parts of us, mm-hmm. every, all of me? Um, and I think that is that is when we when we talk about you know evolving to the highest versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I wonder, can you even really do that if you've not even accepted all the other parts, or if we haven't, you know, loving past versions of ourselves? We had that conversation, or reparenting the inner child. Mm-hmm. There are all these like layers to who we are mm-hmm. as humans and individuals, both human and divine. It's like, how do you accept the totality of that and still choose to show up? 
I think so. It's an, an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is work that is constant. Um, and really, um, just it's, it's never ending. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes I'm, and I want to be careful about, I know we use all these great phrases like evolve into the highest version of ourselves. Um, and I want to make sure that we mix in there that, you know, that, that, you know, healing and wholeness are, are definitely uh, journeys, Mm -hmm. not destinations. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there ever be a time when I have evolved to the very highest version Mm -hmm. of myself until I'm on the other side of the dirt, Mm -hmm. you know, then, then it's done. But there's always work for us to be doing. And I think that, um, you know, as long as we accept that, then we'll be okay. But if I think that there is a point, you know, that I should have arrived to, then that's when I start to beat myself up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a point we should have arrived to. I think there are ongoing, um, it's never ending to your Mm -hmm. point. Like mm-hmm. once I get to this this version of self acceptance and uh, my experience and and uh, my accomplishments or not accomplishments in a superficial form of the word, but this this amount of healing and this this perspective and this you know enlightenment, then there will be another another level to achieve. And so mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like there is, I don't know that if there is a highest, um, and once we've we- reached it, then. Our work here is probably probably yeah. done, you know, and I, if we ever it whatever it is. And I, I think that, you know, we reach like these intersections in life where like life is happening. And then there's this part of us that, you know, kind of runs into, you know, like our, our moral base or some other challenge that comes in our life and we have to address it. And that kind of leads into the next question. Like, how do we know when it when it's some shadow work that needs to be done? That's that's a really good question because I wasn't able to call it out <laughs> for mm-hmm. myself. That I had a professional who was like, this is actually what's needed to be done. I do recall in one of our early um, sessions, she was like, what approach do you want to take? Do you want me to be, just be giving you tools to manage your experiences as they come, or do you want to dig deeper and understand mm-hmm. your perspective around these experiences? Why some of these you're having some of these experiences? And I was like, "Ooh, that one! I want to know because mm-hmm. you know I'm curious. I want to know why this is coming up for me." Mm-hmm. And I think that is basically what it is. I can't say that I would have known that that's a a thing. That's not something people are talking about. It's mm-hmm not common knowledge, you know, you, they, I even think the, the idea that there are parts of ourselves that are less than ideal and we should love them and acknowledge them. Just even that ideal feels provocative and not like anything we've ever mm-hmm. been taught before. It's, it's kind of like, you know, especially when you grow up in the church, it's like, everybody's a sinner. You're born here a sinner. <laughs> you came here, everybody's mm-hmm. got original sin and you've got to repress and fight the temptations mm-hmm. to not like, you know, just as it, we're taught to repress yes. <laughs> negative sides of not, not repress. We're taught to reject. We are yeah. literally taught to reject ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you grew up in, in the faith that we, we did and yes, disclaimer, everybody's doing the best that they can with who they are at the time, mm-hmm. but how are you taught to reject? And then all of a sudden come to like, Oh, actually, no, 
that that is okay. And I'm me yeah. and I'm just going to show up. And that's just, that's just not the experience. And I, and for most folks in our community, it is, it is unlearning. It is uh, those parts of the unlearning that, that we have to do. And as for me, it's this idea that I um, is rooted in perfectionism and not wanting to be wrong, wanting to be like the uh, SME, the subject matter expert on these things, even as it relates to like the work that we do. One of the hardest things for me to do um, regarding like accepting going to therapy was that I had to release myself from being a subject matter expert on even on me. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that I knew was that I had my own stuff. Yeah. You know that I needed to deal with, and even have to having to accept that, and and to have to accept it on um, almost a daily, weekly basis. That there is yet more work to do on myself is difficult because this is what I do for a living. And so the the story that I was telling myself was that I how do you fix other people when you not when you don't have it together, mm-hmm. right? And so I would shrink back those parts of myself that I thought were unacceptable, those thoughts that I was having, those things that I knew about myself. I hid them, mm-hmm. and I hid them and did other things to like pacify, so that I didn't have to show the world that I was imperfect. Mm-hmm. And that shadow work you know, for me, it was really about like learning to um, take those parts of me that I felt like were unacceptable and use them to better my practice, mm. to be able to show folks that even I am in process, even I am still doing this work. And we are like, I am not a group leader. I may be facilitating this conversation, but I'm facilitating based on the fact that I still have this work to do as well. Mm-hmm. And even some of the shadow work that we have to do, some of the some of the stuff that people do when they are hiding their shadows is that you other people. Mm-hmm. And we take some of those some of those things that are unacceptable about ourselves and we project them onto others and we point them out. Mm-hmm. And other people when we're really hiding our stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the stuff that you do when you're hiding basically like in the shadows. And it doesn't work for anybody. Yeah, I think that's really an interesting thought. As you were sitting here, as I was sitting here um, and listening to you say that, it was what comes to mind for me is one i think that's one why we the whole premise of of the love haze podcast is not to be up here as teachers is to be here as part of the figure outers mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like we're just sharing how we're processing our own journey and to to with the intent to uh let people know that they're not alone like whatever you're experiencing we also are experiencing some version of that the other thing that comes to mind is like i i don't think that you have to be perfect I find it interesting, I guess, that you thought you would have to be perfect in order to help other people in this way. Because I think about my dance background, I can teach people to dance, but I will still always be a student of dance. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I never really, I could teach you as much as I know. And the rest of it, I don't have any issues. For example, bringing in experts to teach master classes and I'm taking a class with y'all. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I guess that position, that perspective is interesting to me. Going back to though what we were taught in in the church, mm-hmm. it's exactly what I was about to reference. It's it's kind of I think we've seen both of it, and I don't know how 
what how to make sense of all of it coexisting. There, on the one hand, we were taught this sort of self-rejection. And if to take it even a step further, like the amount of self-hate that I think our people have <laughs> maybe sort of been taught from just like racial traumas and then you know the the type of Christian being taught the type of Christianity that they, they taught slaves to keep them subservient. Like mm-hmm. we are up against all of that. So mm-hmm. I think the idea that we would somehow come to love and accept all the parts of us is revolutionary mm-hmm. for a black community. And it's it's gorgeous and could bring me to tears. But then also there are some examples in the Bible of people being used despite their Mm-hmm. flaws and mistakes. You think about Moses with the speaking impediment, but was called to lead, you know, the people um, out of Egypt, right? <laughs> the mm-hmm. right story. Or you think about David. They say that mm-hmm. story all the time. He had, you know, took old boy's wife, slept with mm-hmm. her, had him, kill, <laughs> had him killed. Wasn't that Uriah? Had him killed, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was still, you know, God still called him a man after his own heart. Like, so there are examples of, acceptance beyond Mm -hmm. these less ideal parts of ourselves but there's this just weird we're also taught to and i guess for me like i saw those examples in the bible but i didn't see those examples in real life because what i grew up seeing and being taught was like this hellfire and brimstone Mm -hmm. kind of you know um religion where pastors had to be perfect Anybody who was in a leadership position had to be perfect. But we know that they were not. And we knew that they were not. And we saw examples of them like falling. And I think that I processed that and saw myself as imperfect and was like, I can never lead anything Mm. because I'm not perfect. And these people are expected to be perfect. And so I can't do any of that. And so I saw the Bible, but then I saw what I was being taught. And I think that there's a part of me that has rejected those old teachings and just like, I want like real life application. Like, mm-hmm. what, it is, what does it look like to be able to pivot from mistakes? What does it look like to accept the totality of your humanity mm-hmm. and not have to hide and to be able to find like your creativity and your expression and base your practice around being able to make mistakes and being able to pivot and teaching people how to really live. And not to exist in fear. Mm. Or shame. Mm -hmm. How do we like, how do we have a movement to just get rid of shame? I guess that's Brene Brown's calling, but still like. (laughs) That's all of our calling. I'm not rejected. That's just her calling. But she's doing all the research and the work on it. She's doing all the research. (laughs) I don't want to research it. I just want to be a person who um, is a catalyst for people to understand that they can move. Yeah. Like that, and also that um, the parts of you that you're trying to hide, it is the story that you should be telling for other people to be able to navigate their journeys. One of the reasons why I think Brene Brown is so um, renowned and so loved is because she uses like real life examples of her life, her um, missteps, and how she found her voice even in guilt and shame and being able to navigate all of those processes. And I think that we all have that level of the work and it's about um, how you're supposed to impact the world with it. Like there's impact that we are supposed to have uh, in our individual families so that they know that they are able to pivot and shift and, you know, show up and be in the game and maybe not get it right, 
but have credit and give yourself love for being able to be in the game and not be a person who's just talking about it rather than shrinking back into the shadows, sitting in the bleachers, looking at other people and judging them and knowing that, you know, you don't want to be the person to do it. Show up in the space, be your whole self and be able to pivot as you, as you learn. So I'm gonna bring us into the haze of that because my very first thought is, that's hard and that's scary and it's very uncomfortable. I, especially, so I think about, I was raised like, you don't tell people your business, your business is your business. You keep your family, like you keep your, your private stuff private. And I think from that, I, I'm already inherently a pretty private person, but there is like something like, well, if you show people these certain parts of you, they will judge you or they will reject you or they will talk about you. And I've seen that happen. I even see it happen today. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In 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 circles today. And that that's uncomfortable. I know I personally don't like to feel like I'm being talked about or judged. And that fear of judgment has helped me back, like kept me shrinking back for so, so, mm-hmm. so long in my life. And so that as as a haze, as one haze, that is just easier said than done. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I don't know. What do you what do you think? Are there some other hazes you can think of? So I, I do believe that that is the haze, but the, a bigger haze for me is like not living out my calling. Right. And so the things that um, and we talk about a lot a about risk. what we talk a lot about the things that we reject about religion. Right. But I make no mistake. I respect uh, everybody's higher power. But for me and my house, like we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, I love God. Mm-hmm. Right. And I believe that God has call me to this work, to be an example, to be able to be the person to use my voice, to be able to say that I survived this. I went through this. You can also. Yeah. And guilt and shame have no place there. Right. And so if I am the the haze for me and the scariest, what is scarier for me is to live this life, not living out my calling because I'm shrinking back. Mm. When we pray before this podcast, we Ask that God give us what we need to mm-hmm. do this work, mm-hmm. to be on this platform and give people what they need to navigate the journey. Mm-hmm. If we say those prayers and then shrink back because we are ashamed, um, then we're not doing what we're called to do. And it's scarier for me to to live out this life and, and have not done what, what I am called to do, mm-hmm. knowing what my calling is. Yeah. Um, and believe that, you know, it's, it's, um, that, that is the impact that we're supposed to leave on the world. Like you take your experience and, and you help somebody else navigate so they don't have to have the rough time that you had. And also, so they know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. I hear you. <laughs> I agree with you. But I, like, I acknowledge wow. that it's hard. Right. I acknowledge that it's hard. That is difficult, but that is what, um, we're grateful to have the resources to be able to go to therapy. We're grateful for like this partnership mm-hmm. so that, you know, we have each other to be reminders that we are doing this work for, uh, if it only ever helps us, mm-hmm. we're, we're grateful, mm-hmm. right? If it only uh, helps one other person, we are still grateful. If it only ever helps us to have the conversation with our families mm-hmm. who call and be like, I heard you say my name on the podcast. <laughs> Why are you talking about me? It, but it, it initiates and is the catalyst for sometimes difficult discussions that mm-hmm. we have to have, mm-hmm. you know? And if it only ever helps those few people, 
will be okay with that because that is a part of the work. Is the requirement of shadow work that you have to share that? Or can you acknowledge, address it for yourself with your therapist and maybe with the closest people to you? Is that enough? Is that also considered yeah. doing shadow work? It's two different things. What are two different things? Like the requirement to share is something totally different. Like okay. my calling, I believe, is to share mm-hmm. like this journey. So it's a catalyst for other people to be comfortable with doing the work that they have to do. Shadow work is is more for you to be able to like fully lean into who you really are and to understand that there is acceptance there, mm-hmm. that there is creativity to be gleaned from that, that there's productivity to, to be gleaned from, from that, being able to accept even your talkative self. There are some of your words that you may have shrunk back that you feel like are too much that will be useful in Mm -hmm. the work that you do. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not to be shared with anybody else, but it is about showing up as your full self and that full self having a place in the world that is not like the retreat and being stowed away somewhere to be ashamed of. Come on, stowed away. Love that choice of of words. Mm -hmm. How do we navigate it? I mean, the only thing I'm thinking of is with a therapist. Like, I literally have no other. <laughs> but actually, you know what? We're going to share an article on um, on the actual website where we house most of our episodes. Uh, there's an article from betterup.com. And it has, I think, like eight ways that you can do shadow work yourself. So basically, the whole premise of the article is that you don't have to have a therapist. It is highly recommended that you do. And mm-hmm. there are lots of resources and organizations now where you can find therapy that's affordable, maybe even free in some some instances, mm-hmm. um, just to reshare some um, networks that we've shared in, in previous episodes. We've shared therapy for Black girls before and Black men heal. Mm-hmm. If you go on um, psychology today, today.com, you can also find, so you can find professionals to help you Mm -hmm. through this. But there is also this article that um, gives some tips for how to do some shadow work on Mm -hmm. your own. Betterhelp.com just in general is a a great resource for, you know, a lot of stuff. And for some of us, it is just about folks just don't jump into therapy, right? Sometimes folks just want to read about it a little bit and say, "Hmm, you know, that may be something I want to take a look at. So those are some great, you know, places to start from. But navigating through it is is just like, um, you know, having um, at baseline the idea that you are um, enough and that you are in process uh, and that uh, in this moment I am opting to be better and not bitter, um, that I am not as concerned um about the things about me that I feel like are unacceptable because mm-hmm. I can take all of that stuff, make a list and beat myself up with it really good. But that um all parts of me uh, are useful in some way. And I, I need to find out like how I can not shrink, how I can, you know, take all parts of me and operate in, in my whole self mm-hmm. and be good. Mm-hmm. Mhm. I think for me also it's it's like not assigning meaning to to mistakes that I've made or to parts of me that I might now think is like oh I wish I hadn't done that cuz I vividly remember moments in my 20s being like you know what I don't I'm I'm tired of playing it safe I don't want to always like be a goody goody I'm going to do this thing and 
you know, against what I what mm-hmm. I was maybe taught or raised to do. And I'm going to be this this rebel in this way. And then later in life being like, did I actually need to do that? And and I remember thinking, though, at the time, like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and like my story be vanilla. Mm-hmm. And so I actively chose to color it with some other flavors. Mm-hmm. Right. But then you get on this side of it, you know, adulthood and you're like, was it needed? Would I've been okay with the vanilla or would I be here regretting like, uh, I wish I had even just done the thing. So nothing about you is vanilla. Johnny. You don't think so? No, we need seasons. <laughs> so we say that now, but do you know how many times I've been called a goody goody or a prude or all of these things just because I'm, I'm not out there like a lot of women or people are. Do you know what I mean? There are a lot of things I've not tried that a lot of people have, you know? So mm-hmm. I am on a safer side of <laughs> mm-hmm. of life. And to some people, that's not flavorful. That's boring. That's, you know, even though I've done really interesting things, um, I've not been on the edge of life out here like some What is it have. to you, though? But the, and c- Because I'm asking you that question because that's what shadow work is. Like, it is, like, killing comparison. Like, I'm not out there like some other people, right? To some people, that's boring. What is it to you and the impact that you're supposed to make on the world? Yeah, I don't have an answer to that yet. But what I can tell you, I'm even listening, like, having this conversation with you. I, I am resonating with or finding that I actually still... And proud of me and who I'm becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about like moments of like small rejection, whereas rejection would before would have had me like shrink back even more and been like, oh, mm-hmm. see, that's why I don't do stuff like that. But now I'm emboldened even to be like, you know, this rejection you rejected, that's your bad. That's your loss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be a time when you're going to wish you had responded to this mm-hmm. message or you're going to, you know, so I, I guess I'm finding or even sensing more strength, um, confidence in myself, love in myself, trust of myself, even from what I've done so far. And I definitely yeah. feel like there's a ways to go because I'm still human. I feel the sting of those things. Yeah. I still feel a, you know, the sting of rejection, but I, I don't have, I haven't assigned any meaning to myself or my self-worth mm-hmm. because of it. And that's, that's radical for me. Yeah, it's absolutely radical to be able to like run your own race in your own lane and be okay with that. And to, for me, it requires sometimes for me to like put blinders on, so I'm not worried about what everybody else is thinking and mm-hmm. what everybody else is doing. And that is why I I'm, I'm healing, right? Because um, you know, that for so long my worth and my sense of self and all those things were, were um, tied to like, what is everybody else doing? And will I be able to run in this circle? Can I be a person who can go and fit in every single mm-hmm. place, right? And be accepted in all those places, but not making a, a space for my own self to be accepted if it's just me. Mm-hmm. If it's just me, will I be okay here? Like, do I like my damn self? Mm-hmm. Right? What part of me am I shrinking back? And do I know those parts of me enough to be able to reject them? Right. All of me mm. is okay. Do I know those parts enough to even reject them? That's interesting. I'll have to sit with that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, how much do you even know? Like, mm-hmm. what's the motivation behind the thing that we did, or the way that we showed up? Like, who life? told me I wasn't okay? Yeah. Who told me I wasn't enough? Who told me that? Mm-mm. 
you, you that part of you go over there. And why, if you're thinking back to like just the the idea of your child, our kids show up just freely who they are, and then learn to be something else because of the teachings that they get. So who are we to say as adults when a child gets here, like how they're showing up, like what you just chose to do? Think about our nephew pulling off mm-hmm. all the things in the house. What part of him? <laughs> Mom used it for the moment. Got to be nothing. But. Mm-hmm. What part of him, though? What as an adult we would want to say that's just bad behavior, but mm-hmm. is it really? What part of him is just like being curious or inquisitive? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't want the house to up, but you know, like. Mm-hmm. So then it, that is a cue, right, to be able to give him things that he can put together and take apart mm-hmm. and to, like, lean into that mm-hmm. and not, like, beat that part of him mm-hmm. out that is curious about how things work and mm-hmm. what it looks like when you take this apart. Or what does this gadget do? Why is this door stopper? Like, <laughs> why am I attracted to this spring? Why do I want to take it apart and leave it everywhere in the house? going to take every one of them out. Yeah. So I guess I'm saying, like, when... My prayer, and I've thought about this a couple times over the past couple of weeks, I, I would hope that when we have kids, when they get here, that we allow them to teach us as much as we're teaching them, mm-hmm. that we allow space for them to just show up. I, I really, it makes me think about um, that episode of Black mm-hmm. Love. So this last season of Black Love was just really good. I'm really sad that it's going off the air, especially before we had a chance to be on it. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this one couple, I forget their names, but I, I just so admired them, their humor, their connection. But um, the gentleman, the husband was talking about taking their daughter to a princess party as a kid and that the child wanted to be a ninja instead. Mm-hmm. And so dad was like, hell yeah, be a ninja at the princess party, right? And then s- seeing them grow up and the dad, they were preparing themselves for the child to come out and say that they were gay. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, my child's probably gay. They had prepared themselves for that, mm-hmm. had created space for that. And then the child comes and says, actually, no, I'm a boy. And like the way that they approached that was such a beautiful thing. They went and did research mm-hmm. all the way back to like Native Americans and people who had multiple spirits and they like just educated themselves on the right. experience instead of like rejecting how the, the child wants to show up instead of beating it out of them. And I just pray that we have that same type of approach mm-hmm. when our children show up as like who they are, even if it's scary or foreign to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was just lovely, lovely. Well, because when you when you love someone, when you love a person, when you love, you become a student of, mm-hmm. right? And the same, I I pray that the same energy I had in like dating you and our courtship, becoming a student of you and learning the things that you like and you love and your reasons why, will be the same energy that I bring to our children, mm-hmm. like to be students of them and not to try to beat them and conform them to. Because mm-hmm. even when I think about our episode about like reparenting my inner child, like trying being taught to like be the sports star that my dad didn't fully get to mm-hmm. and not being allowed to explore those other things that was really who I was, yeah. was like this rejection of what I really wanted, right? And what I really needed. And I don't want to be a person who like 
thinks that, well, your mama's smart, your daddy's smart, you need to be smart like us, and you need to get bachelor's, master's, PhD, if that's not really who our children are, right? I want to be students of them and kind of lean into letting them figure out what it is that they're really good at instead mm-hmm. of trying to um, beat it out of them or try to mold their minds into something that is acceptable to us. Well, TBD on that. I pray that uh, one day we have a whole slew of episodes where we're literally processing how to parent (laughs) (laughs) human beings. Stay tuned for that. Uh, And last question, what does it look like to fully accept all the parts of ourselves? What does it look like to have fully, you know, like this is my shadow. This is who I am being to my yang and I love all of it. I don't have an answer because I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> TBD on that shit too. Um, it it looks like just actively doing the work and being able to say to yourself, like, I'm good with me. You know what? Uh I had a glimpse of it today. Uh yes, I'm good with me is exactly what I had a glimpse of. Uh I have um these memories of an old relationship and I had processed it with um, our therapist and she kind of gave me a perspective that allowed me to not like beat myself up for my, like my experiences ever that I kind of was question questioning how and why. And so anyways, I, today, some, I don't even know where it came from. It was like, you're the, mis- the choices you made in the past were not a mistake. I was able to look at myself and say, you know what? Like you for so long chose another person and then you know what it's like to actually choose yourself mm-hmm. in the midst of all this other stuff. Like that's that's badass. And so for the first time I was able to like have this reframing of an of past mm-hmm. experience of my life, out of my life. And what I think is even interesting about being able to have that reframing today out of the blue is that that means that my therapist helped me plant the seeds to get there and it didn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, after other impressions, conversations with my husband, um, seeing things like The Woman King and that journey of self-acceptance and hearing other people's stories, somehow all of those seeds took root. And just this morning out of the blue, I was able to come to a moment where I was like, oh no, you you a bad you a bad chick. <laughs> like you did that. And I love you for it. And I think that's a little bit what it's like. Like mm-hmm. this part of you that you thought was shameful and not right and not better. One day you're like, no, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of you for it. Mm-hmm. That for me is gratitude, right? It is learning to be more mindful and, you know, um, having this level of self self-acceptance that um, makes us stop for a moment and mm-hmm. just have gratitude because we can be so future fo- focused sometimes. And so like, when am I going to get there focused that we forget to have gratitude for the journey that um, we came and for the path that we carved out ourselves that is full of missteps and um, curves and, you know, ups and downs and ebbs and flows and all of those things to, to be able to be appreciative for the entire journey yeah. itself. And even for uh, being prepared for the work ahead. Like I've, I've done that part before, so I know how to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and there will be other parts that I've, that will give me the, um, 
at least the foundational work for what I have to do Mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. And there'll be greater challenges ahead, but I'm prepared for those things because of Mm -hmm. where I've been. I love it. Mm, This was a good conversation. I'm glad we talked about it because again, there's not a lot of conversation going on about inner shadows and Mm -hmm. doing shadow work. And I think it's important going back to our community, especially like being able to accept and love ourselves, all parts of ourselves is revolutionary and, now, damn, I, I would love to be a part of that revolution. Mm-hmm. And I think this conversation is is part of that. Uh, what's the music for this moment? What does it feel like? So there's this song by Wale called Gemini. That's so good, y'all. Such a great song. Mm-hmm. And he's really talking about this woman that he's talking to, right? And there's like two parts of her, you know, and he is learning to basically love her, both parts of her, mm-hmm. the parts of her that um, almost seem opposite Mm -hmm. you know like you want this thing but then you do this thing but you know really like loving both parts Mm -hmm. uh two different portions but i love it all right so that that gemini that that portion um loving uh our full selves and all of the contradictions sometimes that we are and all just all parts of us Mm -hmm. like it's like yeah i'm this and i'm that you know, at the right time of day, you know, I can uh, accept that and reject that. Mm-hmm. But I accept all parts of me, mm-hmm. you know, even mm-hmm. when it looks like mm, the total opposite. Yeah, that made me think of uh, Donnell Jones. He also has a song called Gemini. I guess Gemini in me. Split personalities. That. Dr. Ah. Jekyll. Mr. Hyde in mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that, that. It's just acknowledging like there's actually two sides of me. And I, I think it, it's important to also remind folks we had, you had a song like early, maybe season one. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the artist, the ugly parts of me? Um, Avery Sunshine. Avery Sunshine. I think that's that's on point for this. Yeah. Too. Avery Sunshine, the ugly parts of me. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that song. Mm-hmm. So it's already on the music for the moment. But uh Spotify music for the moment playlist. We got all these songs and they are all bangers. Really good playlist, y'all. So check it out. And speaking of checking things out, uh, if you are joining us from YouTube, please uh, like this video, subscribe to our channel. You'll get um, notifications when new episodes are released Mm -hmm. um, every two weeks before everybody else. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts, wherever you're tuning in from, Please uh, rate us and follow. Uh, and um, yeah, we just appreciate the the support and the love and, and the feedback. We'd love to hear yeah, what we want to unpack. Um, feel free to email us at thelovehaze at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, like we always say, life is going to life. Life will always present you with a haze, but we have everything that we need within us to navigate through it. Absolutely. And, you know, no matter what, we're going to navigate this thing together. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate y'all joining us this time. We look forward to uh, y'all joining us next time mm-hmm. and every time. Every time. Well, that's it, y'all. Peace and love always. Holla. Holla. <laughs>